Father, we just our hearts are filled with praise on this morning. Yes, yes. And it's because we know, Lord God, and have experienced your presence, Lord yes. God. Lord, today, 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 yes. today, Lord God, we love you. Today we magnify and we praise your holy name, Lord God. We thank you above all things, Lord God. As you have allowed your spirit to fill our hearts and this place, Lord God. Lord, you have touched each and every one of us in your own special way this morning, Lord God. And I pray that that does not Go forth in vain, Lord God. Let none of us forget or forsake this hour, Lord God. Yes, yes. This moment in time, Lord God, that you have revealed yourself and you are touching us by your Holy Spirit right now, Lord God. Continue to move on hearts right now, Lord God. It's already been prayed for. There are some that are going through, Lord God, and they need you today, Lord God. There are some of us, Lord God, that, that just, just need to know and feel your touch, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 We magnify you, Lord God. Yes. We glorify you, Lord yes. God. And it's for all the reasons, Lord God, that you have placed in our heart, Lord God. Many have already been said, Lord God, yes, because you've given us another chance, Lord God. Because you reign, Lord God. Because you are worthy. Your name is worthy, Lord God. Because you saved us, Lord God. You changed us, Lord God. You rearranged us, Lord God. And somebody know today, Lord God, that because of you, that they will never be the same. And it's only because of you, Lord. It's only because of you, Lord God, that we are free today, yes. Lord God. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Hallelujah. And this freedom is not free from man and his slavery. Yes. But Lord, that we are free from the sin and the and the wickedness of this world, Lord God, because you have made us right in Christ Jesus, Lord God. And this reaches way past this, the here and now, Lord God. That freedom reaches all the way into eternity, Lord God. In everlasting life, Lord God. And that we are grateful for, Lord God. And in our gratefulness, Lord God, I pray that you will keep us mindful by your word, Lord God. Speak to us by your word. That we may be mindful, Lord God, of the journey today. Today's journey, Lord God. The work that we have to do for the kingdom right here and right now, Lord God. 
Lord, as we continue to suck in this place, Lord God, in this place of worship, in this place of freedom, Lord God, in this place of your presence, Lord God. With our hearts wide open, Lord God, we pray that you will speak to us by your word, Lord God. Continue to feed us, Lord God. Break the bread of life with us, O Lord. That we may be strengthened, Lord God, by the power of your might and by your spirit, O Lord God. That as we move forth that we can run this race, Lord God. In a way and in a manner that is pleasing unto you, O God. That we may finish our course. As we look forward to the crown of righteousness. That you have in store for us, Lord God. As we look forward to coming into your presence and hearing the marvelous words of well done. Well done. Thy good and faithful. Somebody say faithful. Faithful. Servant. It's in Jesus' name, Lord God, that we pray in all the church. Say amen. Amen. Amen and amen. amen. Glory unto God. If you will, grab your Bibles and God wants to speak a word to us on today. There is a mighty and powerful word from the Lord. I just felt it. That he wants to speak to us on this day. If you will, turn your Bibles to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. No. We'll forsake Children's Church this morning and allow God to just speak to our hearts. Acts chapter 20. And as you are turning your Bibles there to this morning, if we have to give a title to the message this morning, the title of the message would be, How Will You Finish Your Race? How Will You Finish Your Race? This message also has a subtitle that goes along with it, and that subtitle would be, how dear is your life to you? How dear is your life to you? Acts chapter 20. Our text verse is going to be verse 24. And it reads like this. But none, but none, but none, but none of these things move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself. So that, somebody say so that. So that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus 
to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Here, my brothers and sisters, this is a proclamation that the Luke, the writer of Acts, is, is, is repeating, being an eyewitness at, uh, of Paul at this time in his life. And if you know the story, that here Paul is being, is on his way to Rome. This is after his first, second, and even third missionary journey. This is towards the end of his life and we're going to back up just a second just for for you to, to to be able to get the full picture but here paul knew that his life uh that he that his work for the lord in the race that he had, was running was coming to a, a end if i can say it like that but here is a few key things that, that god wants to speak to our hearts because just as paul realized and recognized this particular time in his life and he and, and, and though this here he has he, he has a passion yet still to finish the race and not just to finish the race the key here is how he wanted to finish the race and my question to you today is how will you finish your race See, let's take another look here in, in verse 24. He says that he wanted to finish the race, but guess what? He says that it was a certain way that he wanted to finish the race. And it says, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish the race with what? With joy. With joy. See, there's many of us right now that is on the battlefield. There's many of us that's running this race. Right. But today God wants to speak to your heart about this. Are you finishing your race or are you running your race? Is it with joy? Right. Right. Or, or, or are we running this race with uh, some combativeness, with some sadness, with some ups and downs? Are we running this race uh, as an as a obligation? Mm. Mm. Or are we feeling overwhelmed in the race? Mm. See, God wants to speak to us today because there's a particular way that God is calling you and me. And just as Paul recognized, even late in his ministry, that there was a certain way. This ain't Paul. Though Paul is saying this, do you know that he didn't, he couldn't have had this desire to finish the race, for finish running this race with joy. That didn't come from him in and of itself. We talked about this even in Sunday school that, you know, none of us have uh, chose God. Right. He chose us. Yeah. He's the one that, that's drawing us. Yeah. He's the one that has drew us. Yeah. Glory be to God. And even here, my friends, I dare to say that, that this, this mindset that he had to finish his race with joy, it didn't come from him. Mm. It was beckoned and it was ushered, it was pleaded by God the Father and Jesus himself. See, this is why you see in the book of John chapter 15 where Jesus says that my peace I give unto you. See, Jesus said it himself that he, he, he wanted us to, to, to not only have peace, but he says joy, my friends. Turn to John chapter 15, verse 9, I'm sure it is. John 15, 9, and we're going to come back here. 
But I'm, God is just setting the tone with us right now, my friends, because there's many of us that's running this race. And God is saying, I need you to know and to understand that this race is not a race that you're running out of obligation, my friend. It's not one that you're running out of compulsion, but it's one that you are running for the Lord. And in running for the Lord, that there is nothing but joy that he wants. In verse 9 of John chapter 15, this is Jesus sharing with his disciples and he says, As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. In verse 10, if you keep my commandment, you will abide in my love, just as, as I have kept the Father's commandment and abide in his love. Mm. These things have I spoken to you that my joy may remain in you mm. and that your joy, that your joy may be full. Hallelujah. See, Jesus himself knew and had already commanded, this is way before Paul comes to this place, that Jesus, as he was about to depart from this place, as he was about to leave his disciples, as he was about to ascend, you know, go through what he had to go through to, 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 to pay the price and to be reconciled back to the Father. Yes. That Jesus himself knew something. He knew something that he was really excited about, and that was that I have to give my people yes. not, not, not the joy they want, but my joy, he said. Yes. My joy. See, because if it was just your joy, if you, if you notice, you won't be full. Because yeah. see, our joy, it goes up sometimes, and it goes down sometimes. Yes. But the joy of the Lord, that's my strength, the joy of the Lord that's your strength is the joy that comes from the Son. Glory be to God. This is the joy that Jesus was talking about when he says that, that your joy may be full. I need to give you this. Yes. And the way that you, when I give it to you, it will remain, my friends. It will remain. And see, if Paul even this far into his ministry, this late into it, realized, he came to the realization, my friend, that this race that I'm running ain't good enough for me to just to run it, to get by. Right, right. It's not good enough for me just to run this race to, and, and even to finish it. But I need to finish it a certain way. I need to finish it with joy. And, and, and here, my friends, the question goes to each and every one of us. How will you finish your race? Yes. If we finish it any other way, less than the full joy that Jesus gave us, then you just, that's all you did was just finish your race. See, if we finish in the race and we have the expectations of being able to hear it, him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You don't want to come dragging across the finish line. Right, 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 right. What, what athlete that finishes the race, I don't care if he ran five miles, but when he get to that finish line, not all of them just fall over the finish line like they can barely make it. They joy get rejuvenated as they get close to the finish line, my friends. That's even in the natural. 
We're talking about the things of the Spirit and God's desire for each and every one of us yes. is as we run this race, that we run the race with joy, not begrudgingly. See, because for some, some of us, we ain't grown to the place. And this is what God wants to speak to our hearts right now. Some of us may not, I won't even say grown to the place because some of us just may never know. Some of us, maybe this is just the perception that we've gotten of what Christianity is all about. Is that it's, that it's old, that it's, it's so, uh, you know, burdensome. Mm, mm, Come on. Mm. I didn't say that it would not be full of trials and tribulations because my friends, it will be. Yeah. But even through the trials and the tribulations, my friend, it's not burdensome. It's only burdensome when you're doing it within yourself. But when we are doing it through the power of the Holy Spirit, when we are doing it subject to the, the will of God, and not my way, but His way, it's not burdensome, my friends. And this is what Paul came to understand. But there is a key thing here in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. There's a key in all of this for us to even be able to get to this place, Brother Josh. There is a key to all of this. I'm talking about a key to us being able to not, to realize and to be able to abide in the Holy Spirit as we run this race. And not, uh, that it not be bursting. That it not be a hardship. But that it be with joy. The key in that is the subtitle of the message that says, how dear is your life to you? Mm. See, not only are we to finish this race with joy, but in order to finish this race with joy, there is an evaluation, my friend, that has to happen within you. And that evaluation comes in a, a simple question as how dear is your life to yourself? Before we even go back and read this, let, let me just speak the truth as it is. Because see, growing up, we are born into a world that is shaped in sin and, 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 and full of iniquity. It ain't no doubt about it. We are born into a world that the first things that we begin to learn, even as a little child, is to how to compete. How to, to, to be better than someone else, in other words. How to supersede somebody else. And it ain't no doubt about that. This is the world that we're born into. But this is not the world that God created for you or me. The, the world that he created us to be in and, 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 and for didn't have anything to do with me being better than you. Wow. Me achieving much more than you. Me comparing myself to you. But this is the world that we live in. And therefore we are, as a little child, we begin to innately be embedded and in, imparted in, in to it and, and, and it becomes a part of who we are. That our, our life and how important it is. How valuable it begins to build value within itself. Glory be to God. Even before you have any true awareness as a child to be able to even make a choice whether your life is going to be valuable to you or not. This is things that you are being taught subconsciously and innately. And before you know it, this is who you are. Yes. So in other words, what I'm saying, I'm saying that you've been taught 
that, that your life is valuable to you. You've been taught that. But yet, the word of God says in order for us to finish our race with joy, then look at verse 24 again. It says this, but none of these things move me. And we're going to find out what these things are. Here just in a second. Paul says, but none of these things move me. Nor do I count, listen to this, nor do I count my life, somebody say life, dear to myself. Nor do I count my life dear to myself. Well, something is wrong with this picture, my friend. Because all of my life, I've been taught to count my life dear to myself. But here the man of God is saying, he come to a place in his life and he realized in order for him to finish the race with joy, mm. glory be to God, in order for him to maintain and keep the ministry that was given to him by the Lord Jesus himself, mm. and that is to testify of the gospel of the grace of God, mm. that he had to not count his life dear to himself, wow. Wow. that he had to do just the opposite. That I count my life as dumb. That I value my life as nothing. See, I didn't want to start with you with Jesus, as he said in, in, in the book of Philippians. You know, as the Bible tells us to, to you know, to, to, to have the mind of Christ. That mind that humbled himself even when he was in glory. That he took on, he humbled himself and took on the form of a man. Glory be to God. Flesh and blood. Knowing who he was. Only to come and to be crucified, to be mocked, and to be spit on, to be abused, used and abused by the very ones that he was coming to save. That he took on flesh and blood. And in him taking on flesh and blood, can you imagine that if he had counted his to himself. Where will you and me be today, my friends? Yes. Jesus. It took Jesus himself not counting his life dear to him. And it was for a bigger and better cause. But see, I don't want to start out with Jesus because then, that, then that's what many would say. Oh, well, that's Jesus. But here is Paul, a man just like you and me. We can go back even to the Old Testament. You can look at the, Abraham, you can look at Moses, you can look at David, you can look at Joshua. People that had to not count them lives, their lives, so dear to himself. Moses would have never done the work of the Lord if he had counted his life dear to himself, being the son of Pharaoh, or the grandson of Pharaoh, or, or, or glory be to God. Being in, in, in the place, a uh, uh, high place. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. If he didn't count his life 
is not dear to himself, my friends. He could have never done the work of the Lord. Yes. And we can go on and on with many different examples, my friends. But here is one that sits before us. So here in Acts chapter 20, if you, I don't know if you know the story, but here in the story, this is what's happening. And when I say story, I ain't talking about a fairy tale. I'm talking about a reality. And the reality is, is that Paul had been, yo, uh, on one missionary journey, on another missionary journey, he had ministered in many different places. And here he comes to the time where not only did he just think, but he knew by the Holy Spirit as he was being compelled to go back to Jerusalem in there. But at the same time, uh, he was the Holy Spirit was showing him what awaited him right. in Jerusalem. And his life was on the line, my friends. Back up to verse 20. Actually, let's start back at verse 17. <laughs> Acts chapter 20, verse 17. The same uh, chapter here. I'm just going to read just a little bit that shows the story. It says, from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus. And he called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, you know for the, from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I always lived amongst you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. Now I kept back nothing that was helpful for but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Gentiles, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And see now, I go bound in the spirit. The spirit is compelling me to go to Jerusalem, not knowing the things which that will happen to me there. Except, somebody say except. That the Holy Spirit testifies in every city saying that chains and tribulation awaits me. He knew that this was the place that his life would be leaving him. This life would be leaving him. He knew what awaited him. Not just prison. He had already been in prison once. He wasn't worried about prison. He's not being uh, caught by the Jews and beat up. He had already got beat up many times before. Right. He knew that death awaited him. Uh-huh. But look what he goes on to say. Except in verse 23 again, that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulation awaits me. But none of this moves me, glory be to God. Nor do I count my life dear to myself. See, none of these things move me. Which one of us today, and I'm talking about seriously, not just sitting in the comfort of this Western world, improved where where the the doors of the church, the Christian church, is wide open and easily and no problem to go into. Which one of us, knowing that change awaits us, or the tribulations that's about to come to us for professing Christians, 
Christianity or to ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ? Which one of us would then count our lives not so dear to ourselves? See, some of us right now, even just, yo, we embarrassed to be Christians at our school. I'm a, you know, God knows my heart, so I don't have to, yo, tell everybody. And no, you don't have to tell everybody, but you, you got to show everybody. And if the Spirit of God still begins to tell you to witness to somebody, then you need to do that. But some of us at our schools, we ain't willing to do that. Oh, I didn't forget about you adults because some of us, even on our jobs, as the Spirit of God yo, is ministering to us to, to share Jesus with somebody, our, 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 the, the one that's in the cubicle next to us, the one that's on the ladder next to us. But we ain't even willing to, to make known what we believe, let alone. You talking about sacrificing something about my life? Uh, you talking about possibly getting going to jail? Right, 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 right. Let's own the thought of the even being put to death. Uh, like, it, like it happened yesterday when 17 or 27 Christians in Egypt got killed for being Christians. Uh, yes. This stuff is real, my friends. Yes. There's a real reality that's happening. Uh, and it's happening right now. And God is, is speaking to our hearts. In order for you to finish your race with joy, first and foremost, you have to see what your life really is. Right, right, right. You have to do an evaluation on your life. Yes. Is it so important to you? See, some of us is so important to us that you ain't gonna steal my parking space. Some of us so important that you ain't gonna look at me sideways. And you weren't even looking at me or thinking about me. You was remembering today was the day five years ago that your grandmother passed away and you got a look on your face and I happened to walk by and I think you're looking at me. Don't have nothing to do with you. But, I ain't, but you ain't finna look at me like that. Some of us, we won't even die to ourselves to deny ourselves in any safe fashion or form. And see, and this is what Jesus was saying when he told the disciples from the beginning. If a man would follow after me, if you want to follow after me, let him deny himself. First and foremost and above all things. Don't even think about picking up the cross because you will be picking up in vain if you cannot deny yourself, my friend. Let him deny himself. Pick up his cross. And then you can see. Begin to see fit to follow me. There's a real urgency in the body of Christ, my friends. That God is reaching out. He's compelling. And especially in this Western world that we live in. That we got to evaluate our lives. It's so dear to us that we, we won't even get over just the simplest things, even in our own relationships. Right. We can't humble ourselves to unto forgiveness. Yes. We can't, unless long, and there's no way that you can love the way Jesus had told them in John 15. We just left it. That's why he told them, he says, first and foremost, before you can even think about abiding in my joy, that you need to be abiding in my love. Yes. This has to be a part of who you are. Yes. This has to be 
You see? And then, and only then, can my joy, the joy that Jesus, that Jesus said, I'm giving each and every one of you. And he didn't just give it to them. He gave it to each and every one of us. As believers, my friends, this is the joy that we have to finish our race with. This is the joy that Paul had came to understand. And it came by understanding a, a way of, of him realizing that my life doesn't mean anything to me. Because when it came to where the rubber met the road, that he had, was willing to give his life up for what the Spirit was telling him to go to Jerusalem. And see, right after this, if you read through chapter 21 and chapter 22, you start, you begin to see even more of a witness as he get closer and closer to Jerusalem, even until the last city, right before he got into Jerusalem, here, Abagus, one of the prophets, comes by the house where he is at Philip's house. You remember Philip the evangelist? That was one of the seven, glory be to God, that they had chose from the beginning to be, to minister to the aid and to the need of the church when it first started. That was the brother, or when I say brother, I'm talking about him and, uh, and Stephen was one of the seven. You remember Stephen? Stephen was one that they, that already had died by now. He was already dead. They already killed him. And Paul was a witness. And Paul said it even himself that even then I was the one that was standing and holding the coast, being a witness and a, and a cheerleader to those that were killed by my brother Stephen. One that didn't count his life so dear to him. And while we read this, do we think that this is a fairy tale? No, this ain't no fairy tale, my friend. This is real. Are we so caught up in the comforts of life? The life that we have here. That even while this is real over 2,000 years ago, it is real even unto today. In some places. I don't know if you watched the news just yesterday. I'm telling you, if you do you watch the news? In Egypt, Christians was died. And not by happenstance, no, they were targeted for being Christians, my friends. And this has happened in many different places. But for the gospel of Jesus Christ that is given as a ministry for each and every one of us. It's called the ministry of reconciliation that 2 Corinthians chapter 5 talks about. That he has gave it to each and every one of us that he that has believed in their heart and confessed with their mouth that he is Lord. For every one of, them, of, of us that has been born again. For every one of us that he has washed in the blood of the Lamb. For every one of us that he has made a reservation in, in the heavens. In eternity that he will not cancel. Yes. For every one of us. That God has done this. For every one of us that he is justified. For every one of us that he is made right. Called righteous. See he made you right. He made you righteous. It wasn't the works that we done. But because he made us right. Then we can live from there and continue to be right. And pursue righteousness. Amen. Not to earn righteousness, but to pursue righteousness, the righteousness that he's made of. 
We are the, his righteousness. Glory be to God. Amen. And we need to recognize who we are. Yes. And that's what matters. This life, this temporary flesh that we are in, this temple that is going to be destroyed, my friends, is not our life. So the question be, be, remains then, what is life? What is life? I'm glad you asked. Because Jesus said it very plain and very simple in John chapter 17. When he was about to be arrested, about to be crucified. Jesus prayed a prayer in the garden in John chapter 17. You can turn your Bibles right there. And he began to, to sweat as blood. As, you know, they said he began to, to, to sweat and it was as, as drops of blood. That's how deeply and intense it was. And he was crying out to the Father. And the Gospel of John is the only one that gives us any real idea or inclination of some of that prayer. And it's done in John chapter 17. This is a powerful passage of scripture, my friend, that it, it is, you cannot <coughs> let pass your heart. So you guys ask the question, well, what is life? And Jesus answers it for us. When he says this in verse, I'll start from the beginning. Verse 1, it says, Jesus spoke these words. He lifted up his eyes unto heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as, excuse me, to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life. And this is eternal life. And this is life, my friends. The life that means something. The life that you want to count is uh, that. That's the life. Not this life, but eternal life, my friends. And look what he goes on to say. And this is eternal life. And what is eternal life? What is the life that he's talking about? He says and that you that they may know you, the only true God. What life is is to know God, and not just God. What does he say? That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That is life. That's the life that we count valuable, my friend, to know God. And to know Jesus Christ, the one that he sent. Amen. The one that he sent. Uh, Not Buddha. Uh, he didn't send Buddha. Right, right, right. Not Mohammed. Right. He didn't send Mohammed. Right. Not Joseph Smith. He didn't send Joseph Smith, my friend. Right. But, the, but what life, the valuable life, the only life that means anything is, the one, is to know God. The only true God. Somebody say, only true God. And Jesus Christ, he didn't just say Jesus, but and Jesus whom you have sent. It's important that we understand that. Because what that speaks to is one thing and one thing only. It speaks to what Jesus had already said in John chapter 10. 
that there is, that, that I am, I mean John chapter 14, that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man comes unto the Father except by me. Amen. Amen. See, you hear it. As he prays to the Father, and as we know and understand today what life truly is, is to know the God, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom he has sent, to know that God sent him. And that he is the way, the only way. Glory be to God. So there ain't no other gospel of grace that comes in any way, shape, fashion, or form. And today, my friends, the question still remains. This life. How much value? How dear do you count it to yourself? How dear do you count it to yourself? Because see, as long as you count this life so dear to yourself, you cannot serve God. In a way that is pleasing unto him. You can, I'll say that again. As long as we count this life so dear to ourselves, you cannot serve God in a way that pleases Him. This is the reason why the Bible says that you can't serve mammon and God. Which is another form of you can't serve yourself and God. You're going to either love one and hate the other. Or you'll love one and you might as well hate the other because that's the category you put in, my friend. There ain't no other way. And God is compelling us. He's knocking on the door of hearts today saying, will you? Will you today? You ain't here by happenstance. He's talking about today. Give your life. I ain't talking about believing your heart. He said you already did that because otherwise I wouldn't be compelling you to come a little bit further. So this ain't about your salvation, my friend. This is about your life after salvation. This is about what he says, the word says in in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. That once he did this, he washed you in the blood of life. That you should no longer live for yourself. But for him who died for you and rose again. You sing the song. You read the scripture. You even prayed the prayer. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself away. We just said the words. But now it's time for us to live the action, my friend. Yes. Now it's time for us to live it. And honestly, the living here, this picture is just like the picture of of Romans chapter 10, verse 9 10, when it talks about salvation and how that happens. That it takes one to believe in their heart. See, uh, when you believe in your heart, then what actually is going to happen, not might, not should, but will, a confession is going to come out. Jesus, you Lord. It's going to happen. But just by making a confession that Jesus is Lord, if you haven't believed in your heart, that ain't going to make your heart change. And this is the world we live in now. Just repeat this prayer after me. And I believe, thank God that you said that 
say, mm. you know, because that's what they say. I believe that you've been saved. Mm. Well, no matter what you believe, I want God to believe <laughs> or God to know Amen. that he saved me. Right. It's the same concept, my friend, here that when you have this belief in your heart, the confession comes. It's the same thing that God is challenging us here now in living this thing out. No, he don't have to put you in chains. I hope. But what he wants is to know in your heart. Not to say with the, the words that, that it may manifest in your heart. No, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about that truly in your heart that you, your life is not so dear to you anymore. See, God knows what you, how you've been raised. He knows what's been imputed into you. And he's trying to deliver you from that. And it's going to take us receiving that in our heart, in our inner man. That I'm telling, that, and not just making a confession with our mouths, but the confession comes from our heart. Amen, 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 amen. That in our heart truly that I say, Lord, I died to myself today. Yes. I didn't really know what that meant, Lord God. Mm. They told me just to say it. Mm. But today I realize, Lord God, it ain't about what I say. It's about what's in here. Yes. And then I'm going to say it. Because I can't hold my peace. It's like the old prophet that said that it's like fire that's shut up in my bones. I cannot hold my peace. My friends, this is a serious challenge for every one of us. And God is knocking on the door of your heart, not the door of your lips. Not even the door of your mind. He's knocking on the door of your heart and he's saying, I need you to not count your life. So dear to yourself. Because it's going to always get in the way of the work that I'm trying to do in your life. It's going to always get in the way. Because when it, when, when it comes against that flesh, well, I don't like what they said. Well, they told me at the last minute. They know they should be planning stuff better than that. I ain't going to do it. It's going to always get in your way, my friend. Yes. When God is saying, no, I just need you to be led by my spirit. Yes. And you can't be led by my spirit when your flesh is in the way. Right. I needed to die. Right. Yes. Wow. I needed to die, he says. In the first place, the first place that he's going to begin to even give you any interchange or interaction with as you start on this journey is going to be in your own relationships. It's going to be in relationships tied to love, true love, tied to unforgiveness or forgiving. Are you going to hold on to the unforgiveness? Yeah, it happened 25 years ago, and I know that you said that you forgot. I mean, you forgave, but you wouldn't forget. You ain't forgiven. Because it ain't no such thing. That's man garbage that says that I'll forgive you, but I won't forget. God didn't say that. He said, when I gave you 
when I gave, when I forgave to you, I, I, even before you did it, I had already wiped it away from as far as the east is to the west, my friend. I had already put it in the seat of forgetfulness. He didn't say he was going to remember it. That's man-made stuff. And we got to stop it today. 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 Let us not harden our hearts. It's a reason why everybody ain't here today. Because this message ain't for everybody. But for those of us that are here, it's for us. It is for us. You notice I didn't say it's for you. See, because you mean you, not me. It's for us, my friends. Including me. Starting with me. First with me. Because God is saying, I'm setting you free from things that, that happened when, even when you was a child. Yes. Some of these things that you, you don't even remember no more, you buried them so far inside of you. Yes. But you live from that place every single day. Yes. That's why you deal with your husband the way you deal with him. Yes. That's the way you deal with your wife the way you deal with him. That's why you deal with your co-workers when they say that one thing and how it makes you feel. It ain't because of what they said, it's because of what, whoa, something that is buried so deep that even you don't remember. But God says today is the day of deliverance. Today is the day of freedom. I'm talking about complete freedom. This is, you, you are absolutely right. We didn't sit down and orchestrate what songs to sing, but the Holy Spirit always gives them. And he says today you are free. You are free to praise him. You are free to glorify him. You are free, my friend. Because whom the Son sets free, come on somebody, is free in what? Indeed. We are free indeed today, my friend.